This is the Crypto Valley Podcast. What is up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Crypto Valley Podcast. My name is RK, and today is July 17th of 2020. Let me start by saying that on this podcast, we explore the history of money from its very inception all the way to its current state and most importantly, the future of money. We also discuss how the current system illusions investors and consumers and how you can exit and obtain your financial interdependence. So if you're someone who has average to no experience in finance and would like to take control of your financial future, instead of trusting a banker or advisor, then this podcast is exactly for you. Today I thought I am going to talk about something that popped up in my mind today that I think is not very clear to many people, which is the question of why money has to be scarce and why it needs to be scarce in order to uh, fulfill as a medium that we can communicate value with. And this is something that um, many people do not think about. And the reason for that is because we, as, as soon as we don't have an experience of Uh, magnificent prices changes over a short period of time that we actually do not care about the currency anymore. We, I think I talked about this very briefly in one of the other episodes that we humans, we actually start to forget uh, things and we start to take things for granted and we just forget how reality actually works because our biology is actually constructed in a way that we stop paying attention to the background. And this is very crucial for survival reasons, because if you would uh, take everything from the background to the foreground and you would notice every single uh, noise that is happening around you, you would uh, go crazy, right? If you would hear every sound, etc. So what your consciousness does is it starts to ignore the background in order to pay attention to certain things that your consciousness uh, believes is more important. And the same goes with money. Once we start Uh, once we don't suffer very quick price fluctuations, we stop paying attention of what actually money is and why actually money needs to be scarce. And in this episode, I thought I would uncover this uh, question that is very, very, for especially in our Western world, very, very foreign to, to many people, as we haven't yet suffered, especially in my, um, in my generation, we haven't really suffered uh, hyperinflation or even uh, big inflation whatsoever. So you have to imagine, in order for money to be 
actually money, you need to be able to measure things with it, right? Just like you measure a length using millimeters and meters, you, of course, need a reliable and unchangeable amount that everybody is relying on. So if one meter is everywhere else one meter, then obviously if I say this thing is 10 meters, everybody will understand, okay, this is 10 meter and I can communicate the measurement uh, to other people and everybody would know what I'm talking about, right? But if this measurement is all of the time manipulated and changed according to uh, economic changes or changes of the input, then obviously it cannot serve long-termly as a reliable measure to, 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 to give reliable answers. So the reason we don't see that is because if you live in a closed economy and everybody is using the same currency, you only see it in terms of prices of the goods and services you can buy with that currency. But if you look at things in a different perspective, and I'm going to use my own experience to explain that, uh, I think I talked about it in the first or episode zero even, uh, about my experience in the foreign exchange market. And in the foreign exchange world, you actually learn investments in a totally different paradigm. And because in the stock market, for example, we talk about, for example, Microsoft being at $25 or $300 or uh, whatever uh, the price of Microsoft currently is. And we do not talk about the other side of the coin, which is the value of the dollar that is actually measuring this stock, right? So we do not really consider that this is a very, very, very important part. And in the foreign exchange business, you cannot do that because in foreign exchange or Forex, you are actually comparing currencies with one another. And in that, you start to realize that these currencies are not as reliable as they seem in their own economy. Because once you start comparing them with each other, the prices are fluctuating up and down based on the decisions of some government officials who decide how much money should circulate or how much of that currency should circulate in, in, in the economy. And uh, let me give you an example. For example, if I want to measure the value of, um, uh, of the Euro-US dollar uh, exchange rate, I need to look how much one euro equals X dollars. And everybody assumes that one euro equals X dollars and that X dollar is, is going up or down. Now, if the price of the Euro USD, of the exchange rate of Euro USD goes up, then the Euro is becoming more expensive. And if the price goes down, 
then the euro is becoming cheaper against the dollar. On the flip side, however, if you look at the EURUSD, when the EURUSD price goes up, it doesn't necessarily mean that the euro is becoming stronger. It can also mean that the US dollar is becoming weaker, right? So you are putting the price of one good relative to, to another. I mean, this is very logical, but the reason I say that is looking at exchange rates, you start to realize, wow, actually these currencies are not as stable as they look in my economy. Uh, once I start to uh, buy other currencies to purchase things in other economies, my currency starts to be a very unreliable tool to measure goods in other countries. And the way you can, of course, completely change that and make the currency more reliable is by having a fixed number of that currency in circulation and never more than that. A fixed supply. When the currencies around the world, before they became fiat currencies or government currencies, when they were linked to gold, they were very, very reliable. And they were a perfect way to measure economies against each other, right? If, for example, the US dollar was equivalent to X gold and the Swedish krona was equivalent to X gold, I was actually comparing weights of gold against each other. That's, that's all it was. And uh, this used to be the case, but now, however, that doesn't exist anymore, which means that the amount of these currencies circulating in their economies goes up and down based on political decisions, based on reasons that a few people decide is the right thing to do for its population. And throughout the entire 20th century, the main motivation to move away from the gold standard and having a very stable monetary policy was to fight other countries, to finance wars. And this caused all these new age, as they call themselves, economists to completely move away from a very reliable measurement of wealth to a completely unreliable inflationary environment where, where, where all these governments are pushing more and more and more um, supply of the currency in the world and by changing or meddling the entire nature of the economies. So long story short, what I want to say is that of course you need a very scarce amount of uh, a, a, a currency in order to have it as a measurement to measure the economy. If you don't have that, you are not actually measuring things. You're just putting things in relation to each other.
right? Then it's, it, it doesn't fulfill its, 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 its purpose. Its very purpose is to measure things. So now you ask yourself, why is the price of Bitcoin so volatile? Why does it go up and down so much? Well, you're measuring it in fiat currencies that do not have stable monetary policies. And of course, compared to them, it is a very highly unreliable, uh, or not unreliable, I don't want to say volatile. I mean, it, it's not a very stable price that you can rely on, but it's not because Bitcoin has an unstable monetary policy. Bitcoin has a fixed amount of supply of 21 million Bitcoins ever. There will never be more than 21 million Bitcoins that will ever exist. And we even know where transactions are going from where to where. So we can completely audit the entire system. But we unfortunately have to measure it still with these fiat currencies that are totally unreliable. And in their own economies, obviously, they have not suffered as much inflation for multiple reasons in the past decades. But um, one of the main reasons I talked about in the last episode was it's because it's exported to other countries. Because other countries suffer from more inflation and worse uh, governments, they rely on our currencies and that's the only reason our currencies are not inflating as much so therefore it's a it's just a question of when if we keep printing them that they also are not reliable uh, currencies that we can rely on and still if you look at the currencies today um, I mean if we had some advantage to keep the currency in a bank because we are getting paid something, it would be arguably a good reason to, 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 to save your labor in them, of course, because let's say uh, the currency is inflating only 1% per year, let's say. So it, it is losing its purchasing power 1% every year. So... I can buy only 1% less with the amount in one year, right? But if I put this amount in the bank, I get paid an interest of 3%. That means I am actually earning 2% every year, uh, including inflation, by just saving, which is, which is great, right? But today, because there has been so aggressive measures in printing fiat currencies around the world, there is no place in the world you can earn any interest. That's the current reality. So you, even if you live in a very stable economy with little inflation, you cannot store your labor in the currencies anymore. You have to invest it in something that you can rely on for five years, 10 years, 20 years. 
because they lose value. Even if you take the only conservative 2% inflation on them, which has never happened in history. So we will see more and more people to become investors, even if they don't want to become investors. They just want to work. They just they, they don't want to deal with this problem. They have different jobs. They work in construction. They work as musicians. They work as police officers, as nurses. They have completely different professions, but they are forced to educate themselves, which is, which is something I really encourage everybody. If you're listening to this podcast and uh, you have come so far, you're already educating yourself. Congratulations to you. But the majority of people don't do that. And what we're going to see is that all their wealth is going to be taken away, just like it has happened over and over again uh, with all these governments around. And it's through inflation, uh, which is taxation, in my opinion, which is just hidden taxation, is going to be taken away all their wealth that they have worked for. And they believe it's none of their business. It's not their industry. They don't have to pay attention. I'm sorry, but it is something that we all have to pay attention to. And we cannot rely on anybody to take care of, uh, of our financial freedom and future. So this is something I just wanted to get out today. Uh, why does money have to be scarce? And this is exactly the reason it needs to be scarce. It needs to be scarce in order to be long-term stable store of value for somebody who wants to store his labor over time. And that's the answer. Thank you very much for listening, guys. I wish you a beautiful evening and weekend. And I see you all in the next episode. Take care.